Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. And he said unto him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Let me give you this in the Amplified Bible. And the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob. And then he answered, Let let me get back here. The Amplified. Yeah. And the man asked him, What is your name? And in shock of realization, God showed him his character. Whispering, he said, Jacob, supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. Hello. And he said, that is the angel, God, you know, through the angel. Your name shall no longer be, your name shall be no more Jacob, supplanter, but Israel, contender with God. For you have contended and have power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Let's go back to the King James. That, that's the Amplified Bible. But I'll go back to the King James now. This is where we get Jacob from. He says, Thou shalt no longer be God, but as a prince. Everybody scream prince. This is where we get the definition of a prince. Jacob was a Christian, an Israelite. He was paying his tithe. He was, you know. But he wasn't a prince. There was a part of his character that had not yet been overcome. Negative part of his character. He hadn't learned the art of intercession and prayer that caused you to prevail with God in the place of prayer. But when he learned it, he said he now changed his name from Jacob to Israel, which means a prince with God. This is a stage every Christian should come to. I didn't say every Christian comes to. I said should. All of us have the sin nature still in the soul and in the body. He said wrestle here. In Ephesians chapter 6, he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly places. So just like Jacob literally wrestled with an angel here, we wrestle with these Wicked spirits. Now, let me tell you what exactly what happens. I speak by revelation. See, the Bible says that, you, you know, uh, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, you know, uh, among whom we all had our conversation in times past and were, you know, uh, um, um, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, that's key. So what happens is this. From their vantage point in the heavenly places, these spirits, they release spiritual forces. I taught this some months ago, some, about a year or two ago, during the um, pandemic. They release spiritual forces through the atmosphere that impinge, in physics we use the word incident. It just means to hit, to, to, to come upon. You know, they, 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 they are incidents, they hit your mind They hit your will. They hit your emotions. They hit your physical bodies. 
And inside your physical body, there is uh, the, the sin nature there that agrees with those spiritual forces. And that is what makes you act the way you act. Become servants of the flesh and of the mind. It's crucial you have to understand this. Because when people talk about spiritual forces, they always think about deliverance. And, you know, a mad, the madman of Gadara. That is an acute uh, uh, condition of spiritual possession. I'm not talking about being possessed by an evil spirit here. I'm talking about being manipulated by an evil spirit by remote control. The remote control of your television, when you press the button, what really happens is that an electromagnetic wave at a specific frequency is sent you know, out from the remote control, your television has, you see one small, tiny window. That's the receiver. So it will receive that signal from the remote control and the uh, receiver is tuned to the exact same frequency as the remote control. Once it comes into the, uh, into the television, it's to the receiver, depend on the instruction that you send. If you press 1, it's a, it's a different code. If you press 2, if you press 402, he knows that that is CNN or Sky News. So once you press the sequence of buttons, those signals come in, pim, pim, pim. The re receiver inside the television will decode it, and it will switch the television to, from the channel you're watching to CNN. That's very simplified, but that's what happens. Spiritually, it's exactly the same thing. So Satan, what he does is that he will send uh, uh, principalities and powers, wicked spirits in heavenly places. They will send these spiritual forces from the heavenlies, and they are very intelligent. I feel sorry for Christians. Oh, I say, oh, the devil is nothing. The devil cannot. <laughs> I just laugh. You know, the Bible says, see, let's have the sum of wisdom. Thank God we have more wisdom in Christ. Let's give a lot of clap offering. Amen. But you have to tap into it. It's not automatic. That's why he's running rings around so many Christians. See, he, 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 he knows how to operate in your circumstances. He can set up the right circumstance. He will set up the right condition. Then he will work on your mind. He will work on your emotions. He will work on your will. And if you don't know how to pray and you don't know how to walk with God, if you, stay, if you are still, like many of us, are still a servant instead of a prince, those things will come and you will just walk into them. And you will just think it's just natural. It's not natural. It's natural. Because it's using your natural feelings and all of that. But it is teleguided and teleprompted, if you can use that expression, by Satan. And most Christians don't know. They're ignorant. They just walk like the world. You know? I've used this example many, many times. You know, I'll just say it briefly and come back. You know? You got David. The Bible says, and, 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 and Satan stood up. And he provoked David to number Israel. Good example of this. What did he do? He sent that, he sent that uh, signal. That, that wave, if you like, that spiritual force of, watch this, pride. And sent it into David's mind so that David will now number Israel so that, watch this, honey, his confidence will now be in the number of soldiers that he has rather than in the God who gives him victory. 
And it was a common thing in those days. Still today, you know, all armies do it. All nations do it. You know, we know how many uh, uh, soldiers we have in Nigeria. You know, we have a census. So if we're going to go and fight another country, we're going to find out, God forbid, we're not going to fight. But, you know, if, if, if another country, we're going to try and find out how many soldiers do they have? How many aeroplanes? How many tanks? How many this? Then we can then know whether we, have a, we even have a chance of defeating them militarily. It's one of the things that happened in the Battle of Britain. That's why the Battle of Britain was really a miracle. The, 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 the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe, outnumbered the British Air Force five to one. For every German, for every British plane, there were five. Five. They had more planes, more bombers. Hitler used 1930, 1933, 34, 35, 36, where the Allies were just wasting time. You know, uh, did the Anschluss with Austria in 1938. All those years, he was building up his munitions, tanks, planes. So by the time World War II broke out in 1939, his, his forces far outnumbered the ones of England, you know, uh, particularly the Air Force. So that's why they were so afraid. <laughs> Are we going to be able to co conquer this person? You know, it was three things God used. Radar. Gave the English that. The, the Germans too had radar, but they didn't have it as sophisticated as the English had. You know, then they had a great plane called the Spitfire. The Spitfire had a better altitude and better maneuverability than the ME-109. Then they had another one called the Hurricane. Now, they weren't too much better, but they were better, you know. But radar really helped them. So they could pinpoint where the German forces were, come through the sky, quickly shoot them down. Then the third disadvantage is that the Germans were operating across the channel. The amount of fuel that they had in their planes was limited. So they could only spend approximately about 20 to 30 minutes over the British airspace. And they had to head back. They were, they were flying in from France. Whereas the British were on their own territory. So the, 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 the Spitfires and the Hurricanes, could, they could fly for an hour. Whereas the, 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 the German bombers and, and, and fighters could only fly for 30 minutes. So that was a great advantage. So they knew where they were by radar. You know, then they had more fuel because they were on their own territory. And that was how they won because they were really outnumbered. In fact, even the Americans thought the British would fall. They thought they would be defeated. After what Germany did with France and everything, nobody, you know. So what I'm trying to say is this. The reason why David did that thing, he wanted to know how much power he had. And God never wanted his faith to be in the number of soldiers. But who put it in his mind? The Bible tells us, it says, and Satan stood up and provoked David to number Israel. He still does the same thing to people today, even Christians. He will just put a thought you think is a natural thought. And it is a natural thought, but it is teleguided by somebody who has your history. He has your history. He has history of your father. He has history of your grandfather. He knows the kind of thing you will like. And if you don't know how to pray, you'll find that those spiritual forces prevail over your mind, your will, your emotions your body and your circumstances, and you find yourself doing things that you shouldn't be doing. 
So what happens is that when we now get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to learn the art of intercession. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rules of darkness of this world. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, you know, which is really the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, and the sword of the Spirit, which is what God praying always with all prayer and supplication and spirit. So, what literally happens is this as you pray, this is what makes you a prince. As you pray in the Spirit with true groaning, if you don't groan, you will never become a prince. Never. You will stay a servant all your life. If you don't learn the art of intercession and travail. Because it is with travail, you release the force, the power of the Holy Spirit out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So the power of the Holy Spirit in the place of travail goes and watch this. It clashes with the power of the prince of the power of the air that is come from the heavenlies. That's why we, we, we are seated together with Jesus in heavenly places. So when we release our own force, it clashes with the forces that come from these principalities and powers. And that's why it's called wrestling. You've seen people who are you know, wrestlers. When they wrestle, you see them holding themselves like this. Then the stronger one will try and push the weaker one down. You know, and then he will turn over, you know, spiritually, it's really wrestling. Because what's happening is that what is coming from your own spirit is coming out into the air. What is coming from the devil is coming out into the air. So the two forces, spiritual forces, they engage in the air. So as you groan and as you pray in tongues and as you groan, if you have releasing enough power, you will push him back. And you will overcome. If you're not releasing enough power, he will push you back. It's actually wrestling. Spiritual wrestling. Oh, make the church wake up, honey. It's spiritual. It literally, that's what's happening. Now that we wrestle not. With, uh, you know, against flesh and blood. But the principalities and powers. It's literally wrestling. And that's why you see me pray some of those prayers. People don't understand. I pray by revelation. You know, in your regional heavenlies. So whatever is prevailing in your heavenlies is going to determine your circumstances on the earth. And if you want to really be victorious, like Jacob, Jacob had been a Christian in the Old Testament, they were not born again, but he'd known God from when he was young. You know, but he was a servant all those years. All the time he was with Laban, he was a servant. So it was at this point in his life that God now met him and revealed his character to him. Then he wrestled with God a type of us going to wrestle with principalities and powers, you know, in the heavenly places. And then his character was changed. God caused his joint, uh, his leg to go out of joint, you know. And then he now realized, you know, the kind of person he was. And then God now changed, to change his character, he changed his name. And changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And that is why he's called a prince. So bring that New Testament for you to be a prince with God, you have to prevail in the place of intercession. Christians that do not prevail in the place of intercession do not become princes. Go and write it down. Then I'm going to tell you another one. I just got this one. I know it's going to be difficult to accept, but there it is. You understand? Only princes are going to get borrowed anointing. Borrowed anointing is not for servants. In the New Testament economy. 
Now, let me move from prince to crown prince. I've told you what a prince is, you know. And a prince, through prayer and intercession, has his character begins to change. I won't say changed. I'll say it begins to, the, 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 the nature and the character of God begins, begins to prevail over the sin nature that is in soul and body. That is the characteristic of princes. Hence, he says, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule in judgment. Princes rule. They, they rule their regional heavenlies and they have power in the place of intercession so they can rule in nations. They can make apostolic and prophetic decrees and they will work because they have learned and they are learning and they are practicing the art of intercession. No amen. Amen or no amen is the truth. You know, you know we, we don't like the truth in the church. We, you know, we try and fool ourselves. Oh, we're all born again. We're all kings. You're not a king yet. You're a servant. Until you learn how to pray. Then you prevail like Jacob. Then you now become a prince. Now, what is the difference between a prince and a crown prince? This was taught me by the Lord Jesus recently. When I say recently, I'm talking about in the last few weeks, months. And this message, I downloaded it, you know, some months ago. I think it was earlier this year. And I just wrote it down. I just left it. So it was just yesterday or day before yesterday. I said, I want you to preach it now. You know. Now let's, let's, let's use the natural. Then I'll come back to the spiritual. The natural crown prince is somebody who is certainly, everybody say certainly, going to become a king. That's why in the natural, you know, when you have a, the sons of the king, all of them are princes, but only one is a count prince that's going to become king. That's the natural dynasty. But in spiritual, all of us can become kings. So what then is the characteristic of a crown prince? You know what the Lord told me? He said, look at Jesus. He said, look at me. He said, all those years when I was a young boy and I was growing up, I was a prince. You know, I started praying and all of that. In the days of his flesh, he said, but between the baptism of John and the wilderness experience, from the baptism of John to wilderness, he said, that's when I became a crown prince. I said, you don't see. He said, yes, I see. He said, yes. He said, because you see, what happened was that I'd been praying all of those years. I've been praying, 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 and I've been growing, growing, growing. He said, when I now went to John, and John baptized me, he said, the heaven opened. Then the Spirit of God, in the form of a dove, came out upon me, and I moved from prince to crown prince. You see, once you move from queen to crown prince, kingship is just around the corner. This is my beloved son. What? Thank you, honey. My wife is downloading the whole thing. You know, in whom I'm well pleased. The characteristic of the crown prince is that he uses the anointing that is upon him. He has overcome his nature, has been changing and all of that. Then he gets to the point in his life, in his experience, where on a consistent basis, he overcomes the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Once you have that internally, then you know you're a crown prince. You're no longer just a prince. That's, that's what makes a crown prince. 
And you see that with Jesus in the wilderness. You see him, you know, the, 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 the devil brings the, Christ, uh, turn the stone into bread. He overcomes it. Go and jump from the top of the mount, uh, temple. He overcomes it. Bow to me, worship me, and I'll give you all the money in the world. He overcomes it. He, 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 that's what made him a crown prince. And you know what? When he now goes to Cana of Galilee, he doesn't know it. He doesn't know the day has come for coronation. And he turns water to wine. He's no longer a crown prince. He's now a king. How do you know? Where the word of the king is, there is power. From that time, he just says something. It happens. The leper comes to him and says, you can heal me if I will. He says, I will. He, you know, he raises, he heals the sick instantly. He cleanses the lepers instantly. He raises the dead instantly. That's a king in operation. But you can see the transition. Hence this very important prophetic message. You can see the transition. You begin with servant. Everybody's like that at first. If you don't get into deep prayer and intercession, you will not become a prince. But don't stop at being a prince. You need to now, you know, uh, um, um, grow spiritually. Where the Bible says, you know, a king sitteth on the throne of his mercy and he scatters all evil with his eyes. Even to the point where at the thought level. See, every temptation always starts as a thought. When you start getting to a place where even at the thought level, you know, lust of the flesh, you overcome it. Lust of the eyes, you overcome it. Pride of life, you overcome it. And it's consistent. Then you're moving into a crown prince. Then from crown prince, you now become a king. The spirit without measure will now come into manifestation. And that's where God is taking us to church. And that is why God is having us to teach these things. And teach it with clarity. So that everybody can understand it. You know, don't be discouraged wherever you are. You may be a, you may be a servant. It doesn't matter. Jesus started, even Jesus was like that. The Bible says when he was a child, he says, you know, he was a servant like everybody else. The Bible says he was subject to his mommy and his daddy, Joseph and Mary. He was in the carpenter's shop. Hey, Jesus, go and take this thing, to, take this wood to that man. Jesus, finish that table. Jesus, he did it. He's a servant. But after some years with growth, and development in the days of his flesh he offered up prayer and supplication with strong crying and tears he grew out of servanthood into prince to becoming a prince and then at the epoch at the age of 30 he now became a crown prince after the baptism of john and then from the um king of galilee he now became a king so when um what's his name nathaniel so this was before King of Galilee, but it was just a few days before. He said, Thou art the king, thou, thou art the king of Israel. When he appeared before Pilate, he said, Are you a king? He said, I am. I am. And it is the destiny of every single one of us. God doesn't want you to stay as a servant. He wants you to move from a servant to a prince, from a prince to a crown prince, and from a crown prince to a king. It is kings. That will make disciples and, and crown princes that will make disciples in all tribes, you know, and close the age. There is a deep hunger 
in the heart of God now for, I wrote it down here. God wants a large number. Not just a few. That's why I'm teaching it. And that's why it's now gone into the air. It's gone it's on the internet now. Everybody can get it. He wants a large number of servants to grow into princes, crown princes and kings to make disciples in all tribes. Princes will have a borrowed anointing and when they become kings, then they will inherit the full anointing. God is not going to trust even the borrowed anointing. It is different, a little bit, isn't the same thing really, you know, on, with people who have not discipled. You have to start walking in these things to some degree. And you see it, you see the type in uh, the, the ministry of David. David is discouraged and he thinks he's going to die and Saul is going to kill him. So he runs away and goes to the land of the Philistines. He goes to one king there, I've forgotten his name. You know, and the guy gives him a, a place called Ziglag. The Bible says, and it's a prophetic statement, even though it's a historical statement. It says that, and Ziglag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah until this day. And he was in Ziglag for one year and four months before he now came back after Saul died to Israel and was now made uh, king over Judah alone, which is a type of the partial borrowed anointing. So the people who are even going to get that, you got to go. You got to go to Ziklag. It's from Ziklag you now go to Hebron. It's from Hebron you now go to Jerusalem. You can't take any shortcut. It's prophetic. It's been written, and the scripture cannot be broken. So you got to learn how to pray. You know and overcome the devil, you know, and all of these things. And you have to start practicing things. He says, one year and four months. I discovered that it takes time. But if you start practicing, it, by the time you're doing the year, your, your nature begins to, you yourself, you will know. Your character internally begins to change. You begin to move from Jacob to Israel. You know, you're a prince. Then as you move further on, you begin to overcome the loss of the flesh, loss of, even at the thought level. Aha, crown prince. And then from there, we go to king. Stand to your feet. Let's talk to God. Hallelujah. Have I helped anybody here? <laughs> I said, have I helped anybody here? <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Let's talk to God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. We have too many babies in the church. Too many children. And we need a greater company of princes and crown princes and then kings. This job we have, this great commission, cannot be done by servants. It can only be done by princes, crown princes, and kings. Let's talk to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.